Hey, it's Michael Greco here, and you're listening to the Angry Millennial. Aren't they just all too happy to be angry? Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Borrow Lenses. Bring your vision to life with the gear you want when you need it. Don't deplete your resources by investing in gear you may only need once in a while. Instead, grow your business by using high-end gear before you can afford to own it. I know for me, for many years starting out, this is how I got the shots I needed with the glass I couldn't afford at the time. And plus, it's great for trying before you buy. With thousands of rental lenses, cameras, lighting, and all the tools to trade for hobbyists and pros alike. Get to use specialty gear such as underwater cameras or telephoto lenses for that once-in-a-lifetime adventure without a huge investment. You can choose the gear you want, tell them when you want it and for how long, and they'll ship the gear directly to you. You can book far in advance and secure all the gear you'll need. Visit borrowlenses.com and enter AM10 to redeem your exclusive 10% Angry Millennial discount. What's going on, AM Nation, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Show, where we chat with creatives and entrepreneurs about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, the ugly. Today, we have photographer, director, and host of the Visual Revolutionary Podcast, Rick Stovall. How you doing, Rick? What's up, man? What's going on, man? So, Rick, I got your name right, right? Stovall, not Stovall? Stovall, yeah. Okay, Stovall. All right. Um, So, first question I have, I have to ask, is that Triumph in your picture? Is that yours? Well, unfortunately, it was until I I wrecked it this Uh, past Oh, man. That thing (laughs) was a beauty. It's heartbreaking. I was pretty heartbroken about it, but I dumped it pretty hard and it totaled the bike, so... Mm. Fortunately, I'm still sitting here talking. So exactly, exactly. Yeah, they just had a they just had a triumph uh, release party uh, here in Philly like a couple weeks ago. Some of the bikes they had there were just gorgeous. Yeah, they got some beautiful stuff, and they've you know they've done such a good job on kind of bringing back that that vintage look to Mm -hmm. their line as well. Great company. I'll I'll get another one at some point. (laughs) All right, so. Hopping right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your beginnings? You know, were were you always creative? Um, You know, did the photography or videography come first, or was there some other kind of uh, creative any you kind of came into as as a as a younger person? Sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think you know, I think if we're honest with ourselves, I think we're we're all creative in the long run. Yeah, I'll have it inside of us. Some some of us just choose to nurture it a little more than others, but. I did have a mom that that was creative and she was a stay-at-home mom and you know she loved kind of art projects and and all that stuff. So she definitely nurtured our creative side as as children growing up. I grew up in Kentucky and and um you know we definitely 
we definitely had that side. My my dad was kind of more of the uh, the logistics guy, you know. I mean, he he, right, right. Business side of me definitely comes more from my dad, but I think I, I got a lot of creative juices from my mom, and you know, the photography came later. Although, I mean, I did, I got into it in high school. Um, my my dad was in Vietnam, and he he carried an old camera with him in Vietnam. He's a pilot, like um, oh, that's oh cool. wow. Yeah, a spotter pilot. So the guys that kind of just flew right over the the treetops looking for enemy bases. That's crazy. He, he would carry this old cannon around with him. And um, even as a kid and stuff, he shot slide film all the time. And so we had a slide projector. And, you know, I, was, I would always look at all the slides. And he would show me a lot of slides from Vietnam and just his travels, um, you know, before I was even born. And I was definitely always fascinated by that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I was attracted to photography, but photography, you know, as far as like wanting to be a photographer, uh, that came way later. I, I definitely didn't really have that in my head. Right. So how, how, how did it come about? Was you know, like um, in your 20s you or so? Or? When I was young, I really wanted to be a writer. Um, nice. At a pretty young age, I was really into like the beats. And, uh, you know, my my goal in life was... I always thought I was going to write memoir. Um, and so, you know, my plan was like, I, I would just live as crazy a lifestyle as possible. <laughs> as <I got> there. <laughs> kind and of that, Hunter S. Thompson type. Yeah. Type totally. <laughs> I mean, basically I was a big fan of his and, um, <laughs> that can so, lead to some pretty interesting. Adventures. Yeah. And it did. Um, and so, you know, the camera was just something for me. I thought, you know, you saw pictures of writers and stuff and they would have a camera slung around their neck. So the camera was almost just kind of an offshoot of that, something that was, you know, a prop almost. But, you know, I think what happened is, uh, you know, especially with film and the film days, um, you know, it's tricky to take good pictures. And so you become a little more fascinated by, you know, the workings of the camera. But it, it still was way later, you know. I mean, in high school, it was. I did. I shot some in high school, and I carried the camera around. And um, <clears throat> when I graduated high school, I started traveling a lot. And um, you know, the camera was there, but it, you know, I, I didn't shoot as much as I. You know, in hindsight, looking back, I wish I had right. pictures of a lot of the lifestyle. And but uh, yeah, I just got so involved with. Um, you know, creating, creating the stories. Unfortunately, I mean, the writing kind of fell by the wayside too. It (laughs) all became the adventure. Right. Um, But, you know, my, my family was, um, you know, we were a tight knit family. We were, um, kind of leave it to beaver. Um, my parents were, you know, real, uh, real devout Christians. And I was kind of the, the black sheep of the family. And, Mm -hmm. um, Kind of early on in high school, I got turned on to psychedelic drugs and, um, you know, I was all about it. I mean, I thought it was, you know, it was kind of one of my first, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big meditator these days and oh, nice. was, uh, you know, it was kind of my foray into that world because that, that quickly led to, uh, you know, it went from being kind of fascinated by some of the early kind of psychedelic pioneers which led to like ram das and you know eastern spirituality and stuff but when i was when i was a junior um you know my parent we we just butted heads really right 
like majorly disagreed with each other's opinions on life during that time. And yeah. my junior year, I ended up moving out in high school. And, um, you know, I lived with some friends for a little bit. And then I, I actually moved in with my girlfriend from for my senior year in high school. And um, so pretty much you were the badass at school, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Senior year, living with your girl, you're like, yeah, what's huh? up, guys? Yeah, and I, uh, you know, I was 18 at the beginning of my senior year. I was kind of older for my class because I was a an October kid. Hey, same here. Yeah, I yeah. 19, my freshman year of college, and people thought I was retarded or old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so yeah, as an 18 year old that didn't live at home uh, in high school, I kind of. I would sign myself out, you know, and say that I had dentist appointments or whatever. <laughs> they really couldn't. I figured I figured out how to milk the system. You know, I never thought it's of like, that. I feel like a total jackass. <laughs> <laughs> the thing was, I, uh, you know, I always, I graduated at the top of my class. Um, I was captain of the soccer team. Nice. You know, so I never, I never really saw that it was a problem, you know, for right. me. I just thought, well, this is all part of the experience. But like I said, I just became so kind of fascinated with that world. And, um, you know, I started seeing uh, Grateful Dead shows when I was in high school. And, you know, that scene of just, um, you know, although I was a fan of the music and everything, that scene, I guess, of just, um, you know, where you could just disappear and, and travel all over the country and nobody really, you know, was pre- pre-social media days where everybody can keep tabs on you, you just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like very communal. You just kind of float along with everybody. Exactly. Like, you know, I mean, I was, I thought it was great, you know, from an art scene, you know, some of my early days of, of kind of getting turned on to art. Definitely. I was real into skateboarding at, at, at an even younger age. Yeah. And so kind of skateboarding and skateboard graphics, punk rock, you know, all of that was definitely, I, I felt like leading to this creative side, you know, all the poster <laughs> art, even once I started seeing dead shows and stuff, there was, there was so much, there was a big art scene there and definitely yeah, a, a creative community. Uh, but like I said, I mean, for me, I just thought, you know, one day I'll sit down and, and I'll, I'll write about all this. So, you know, my plan was just to kind of wonder, I mean, I went to cut, you know, I got accepted to a bunch of good schools and, I went to University of Kentucky, um, but I just, I just didn't really care, you know. I mean, I, I saw, <laughs> I, I, it just seemed like there was so much out there, besides, you know, just putting your nose down and focusing it on school. Right, and I think right. because I had moved out early and had a lot of those like early experiences of, you got a taste. Yeah, well, and I just, you know, I, I saw, I got to college. I always thought college would be like this, you know, this realm of higher education, which, look, had I probably not gone to UK, I mean, nothing against UK, but, <laughs> you know, I could probably could have picked a better, you know, school for that. That's a big but, party school, right? Well, and it's just a big state school. Right, yeah. Oh, I mean, they have great programs, and, but, uh, you know, you, you get there, and I, I'm looking at all these young kids like, they've left home for the first time and they're just out of control. And I was already <laughs> over that. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, I was all about partying still, but not, you know, they were, it, it just seemed, it all seemed so immature to me. Yeah. You meet, you meet a, a yeah. 17 year old, a freshman and you're like, I remember my first beer, you know, like you see the guy just <laughs> yeah. going when nuts and you're like 15. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was going to say, so uh, when I was checking out some of your, your reels, um, there's a lot of amazing like architectural work with like, you know, uh, hotels and resorts and that sort of thing. Um, nowadays, is that like a majority of your work, like working with hotels and developers and such? Yeah, that I mean, I'm definitely, you know, have become, and I'm okay that I've become pigeonholed, but I'm definitely, you know, known as an, an architectural shooter. And, um, you know, the the majority of the money comes in from shooting architecture. I've got a lot of hotel clients and, um, you know, we travel a lot and a lot of really high-end homes and high-end hotels. And mm-hmm. it's great. You know I mean? I started when I, uh, when I moved to Colorado, I moved to Colorado and, and, uh, uh, in 98 or early 99. And, um, you know, that's where I was making a transition and I'll go back to that at some point to wanting to shoot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was shooting a lot of snowboarding and stuff at the time, nice. rock awesome. climbing and was definitely kind of in that world of, uh, adventure sports and adventure and travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was really having trouble like finding my way in that. I- I've always been like a, I think I've got a, a, enough business savvy to know that even in those days, I was like, well, well you know, who's paying? Where's the money? Right. And it's out there. Sure. I mean, I've got friends that made it in that industry, but I was struggling on finding, you know, my way in the door. And, um, you know, I slowly but surely made this transition. My wife got pregnant. Um, we had kids pretty early and, uh, mm-hmm. And I felt like I had nine months basically <laughs> yeah, to figure it out. Yeah, to make it. Otherwise, I'd like, you know, I was fast forwarding to, you know, me being a restaurant manager or something, <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of a fallback plan. But uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I just I dove into the world of uh, architecture because I, I feel like, you know, I live in, in Vail basically. Ooh, nice. And, uh, yeah, it's great. It's, yeah. You know, it's like living in Disney World. But uh, <laughs> but I was looking around and I was thinking, you know, what what's the industry that really leads the the way mm-hmm. here? It's hotels and oh, houses yeah. and the uber wealthy. And so, you know, and and I've always been really fascinated with design in general. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I do love architecture and uh, you know, just design in general. That's not yeah. to say I. I'm inspired by everything I shoot because because I'm not <laughs> right. <laughs> but, no, but for sure. So I mean, the stuff in your reel. Let's be honest. It's it's fucking gorgeous. You know what I mean? Like it's exactly. who doesn't love high end homes? You sit there and go, "This is the shit that you see on Pinterest and on Tumblr and, and like right. in Europe." And you're like, "I would love to live there." And it's like, yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for a majority it's, of us, it's not going to happen. It can be a pretty um numbing world. You know, I mean, I spend all my time in kind of the the top zero zero point one percent of American wealth, and um, you know, like you said, some of it's really it's beautiful and it's inspiring. But um, you know, when you do that day in and day out, it's hard to you know. I mean, I've got a nice house and I do okay, uh, but it's hard to really you know logistically look at realistic <laughs> financial goals after you hang out with billionaires all the time. You know, really, really throws everything in, into perspective. It's just seeing that kind of stuff. It's just, it kills your ego. <laughs> That's right. It does. You come home, you're like, man, my place is a dump. <laughs> <laughs> That's why, like, whenever I look at great architectural photography, I've looked at a bunch of your stuff too, and Jose sent to me, it's awesome. 
the stuff okay. I the stuff I always gravitate towards are like the resorts and everything. Because like, first of all, it's gorgeous. But second of all, in my head, I'm like, all right, that that's realistic. Even if it's temporary, I could have that like experience, you know, and go to a resort that that's night. It's like that crazy for a couple nights. But the home, it's like yeah. you look at it and there's just like a big middle finger watermark over it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, it's true. I mean, I think that's what, you know, is so hot with like, you know, people like Jimmy Chin and stuff like that, where it's oh, you know, yeah. full kind of adventure travel guys. I think even though they're living, you know, also a pretty unrealistic lifestyle for most people, um, it's yeah. a little more relatable. People could be like, yeah, I could, you know, I could do that one day. I could climb those peaks. Uh, whereas, did you like, see you, the, did, I'm sorry, did you see that? Um, he just finished a movie with a couple of people. I forget the name of it, but it, yeah, it's Maru. Uh huh. Yes, yes. Yeah. Winning yeah, all these awards. Did you see it? Yeah, huh? Yeah, it was great. Yeah, oh, I haven't seen it yet, but it looks incredible. Yeah, it look it 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 is. It's good. It's a great story, and you know, I'm a big fan of uh, of Jimmy and and the yeah. Camp Four Collective is uh, Renan. Oh, yeah, maker on that and. Oh uh, yeah, really, really talented group of guys, and and doing some super inspiring work. Yeah, they're definitely out there, you know, living the dream. And I mean, so am I, you know. But I yeah, think sure. that's such a sexy side of photography. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what that's we what talked, everybody. Like, we talked about that, and we met with uh, Jeremy Cowart when we f- first started this whole thing, and we were talking sure. about Chase Jarvis, and he's like, "Yeah, because I." I'm friends with him for a long time, though. It was hard to be friends with him when you see this hot guy's highlight reel of him hanging out a helicopter, shooting, skiing, and snowboarding stuff. And uh, and he's like, but then you realize, like, that's not his every day. That's his highlight reel. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. And same with me. You know, it's like yeah. I look good on, you know, I'm, I mean, obviously, we all pick what we want people to, to right. see. see yeah, yeah of course. But, you know, at the same time, like, there was a time in my life where I thought, you know, trudging through snow or, you know, being on high peaks and, 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 uh, documenting that was what I wanted. But, you know, after years of, of being put up at the four seasons and stuff, I don't know. I, <laughs> I don't know if I've got that in me anymore. I'm treated pretty well when I shoot, you know? Nice. So. Nice. So I know we mentioned uh, a little bit about kind of your upbringing and stuff like that. And, and you also mentioned, um, you know, we spoke beforehand about, quite a colorful past. (laughs) So I know I befriended a numerous amount of nefarious characters over the years. (laughs) And I was wondering like, what were your learning experiences like? I mean, you mentioned like going to these shows and getting introduced to art early on. Stevie has money on the fact that you were a bank robber, but. (laughs) Wait, what? Uh, (laughs) No. um, You know, what happened was, um, like I said, I mean, as I traveled and saw shows and just kind of met this community, people, um, you know, there was this kind of pirate element of that world, which right. was through the drug world. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it just became easy to finance a lifestyle, you know, with a real easy job, you know I mean? It's not stress-free, right? Uh, but I definitely kind of sunk into that world of, uh, you know, of dealing drugs and, and, um, you know, it came it came back to bite me pretty hard in the long run. I mean, I don't want to go too far down that rabbit yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, 
you know, it was something I did. And, and honestly, I mean, I don't have a lot of regrets on that. I mean, it afforded me the ability to, to travel a lot and kind of live like a rock star. I mean, it was a blast, you know, I had a, <laughs> had a lot of fun with it. Uh, and I met some really, you know, interesting characters along the way. Like I said, I think one of my, my major regr- regrets was that I wasn't carrying. Cam- yeah. yeah. You know, it wasn't, I mean, to be the guy with the camera in that group of people is not a cool thing to no, be. Exactly. <laughs> so, Who's the so journo? You're like, oh, that's shit. right. You know? So, um, you know, the camera got kind of put away, but, uh, you know, I, I did that for, for a while. Um, you know, and I got into a lot of trouble kind of here and there and had, you know, had my run-ins legally and, um, you know, it was hard to bounce back from that. I mean, the legal system, the way it's set up now, it's, you know, especially, especially in that world where they, you know, they really try to ruin people's lives sometimes on what I think is pretty innocent offenses. You know, I mean, I wasn't some violent drug dealer selling to children or something. It was, you know, it was a community of people (laughs) that we're looking for drugs. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. You're like the Mr. Um, Rogers of drug dealers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, it's a really so, beautiful day in that neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The colors are so vibrant. <laughs> but I mean, you mentioned um, it. It's it's you can sit there and say, "Hey, I regret not not at least uh, documenting those experiences." But at the same time, you still have them. You know, like it, you know, like I've always just help. been, I've always been fascinated by interesting people. You know, I mean, that's why I like having a podcast and, but, you know, I, I think what that did was, I mean, I, I ran into characters my whole life, you know, I mean, you know, nothing against the world of business and finance and everything. It's great. You know, I mean, there's some really, there are interesting people there, but man, you know, I've met a lot of boring billionaires where you just like, really? that's, that's the end of your story. You know, that's how that one ends. And, uh, you know, so I've always just been attracted, I think, to kind of characters. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that world was kind of this world of pirates where you could just, you could be whoever you wanted to be and uh, you could af- afford to be it. And, um, you know, it definitely, you know, I financed my early camera gear and stuff all kind of came from that world. But, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, once you start getting in trouble, it becomes, it becomes real easy to, to really, you know, get in, in a a lot more trouble because, you know, once you start having to pay for lawyers and stuff that, you know, (laughs) in that world, you're like, well, there's a real quick way to come up with this money for the lawyer, you know, and it, (laughs) it becomes a never ending. And unfortunately, you know, a lot of guys just get stuck in that system and, right watched it happen. I mean, I watched my friends. It happened to some of my friends. I watched my friends have drug problems, which, mm. you know, it's definitely a sad story. And right. I never really had a, a an addictive side. I, you know, I just don't think I have that in me. And for me, like I said, you know, in my head, I kept justifying it, that it was all, it was just all part of the experience that, you know, I would write down one day and that it would be you know, these crazy stories that I could compile into a yeah. memoir that people right. would want to read. Hey, you still got plenty of time left. That's yeah. right. You want <laughs> to get better at the writing. <laughs> That's yeah. right. I need to know, this all sound, <laughs> and think this about all it. sounds so familiar. <laughs> yeah. And think about it. You mentioned like uh, these crazy experiences. And then now look, I mean, I don't know how many years have gone by, but 
a, a number of years later, you're rubbing elbows with billionaires shooting their houses. So it's, it's, there's yeah, some both sides of the spectrum it, it, for sure. Yeah, no, it's a crazy, you know, it's a crazy run. And like I said, I've got children and, you know, I never saw any of that happening. I mean, right. had you asked me <laughs> 15, 20 years ago if, if I was going to be a dad running a business that was legitimate. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I, I would have had that reaction, you know, I thought, right. no way, you know, I mean, I just figured, you know, that I would continue. And look, I, I think the beauty of being in the creative field is that you can like, you can be an outlier, you know, I mm -hmm. mean, people, mm -hmm. you know, I feel with a lot of my clients and stuff, they're, they're real successful business guys. And, or, you know, I mean, obviously most of the time I'm dealing with marketing departments and stuff, but I, via them, right. I'm, I meet a lot of uh, really successful business guys. And it's mm -hmm. funny, inevitably, they always look at me and they're like, oh, I wish I could do that, you know? <laughs> They'll be like the first guys to compliment your tattoos and stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, oh, yeah for sure. Great tattoos. I, I wish I could do that. And you're like, yeah. I think you can. I, mean, you know? I feel like the more money people get, uh, most of the time, when you when you think of it, like you said, billionaires are boring. I feel like the more money someone has, the more likely they're just not that fun or they're like you said boring i mean it's and, true you know like i said i don't want to paint them all into that because i've met some really super cool uh yeah yeah at the same time but you know it's just i think if you if you if your whole route was you went to high school you went straight to cut and you know that's a route for a lot of people and it's not a bad yeah. one I'm not dogging that route but you know, if suddenly you're in high school and then college straight into, you know, a internship and a career. Yeah. And even if you have a lot of success down that road, I think at some point, you know, especially as you hit midlife and older, you start looking back and thinking, man, look at all those experiences I missed. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. You just, you had your head down yeah. and you, you know, life, life goes by and you know, yeah, one day so subjective. kids are teenagers and you're like, holy shit, what happened? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Um, I, th so, I think it's, yeah, I, just, I didn't want that to happen. You know, I was trying to live as much life and I still yeah. am. You know? Right. So. I think, I think it's the business billionaires that I'm thinking of more. So I don't know any, anything related to like business money just paints this picture of like suits, <laughs> office buildings, cubicles well, dude look at look at the wolf of wall street <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's right <laughs> those guys in the 80s they fucking partied hard man <laughs> they sure did yeah like i said there's plenty of exceptions to the rule you know but yeah yeah you no know, and, and like i said i, I don't want to paint a picture that i think it's a bad idea to to go to college and do well and uh for me i just you know i i went a couple years and i was studying uh english lit but uh also taking photography classes and stuff. And I just thought this is a waste of time. You know, I mean, for the, I felt like for me, for the two fields that I was, uh, that I was interested and curious about, yeah, you know, neither one of them really required a degree. It's not to say that you can't, you know, that going to photography school, uh, especially film school or something like that isn't beneficial because it is, I mean, you can, you can learn a yeah. lot study in photography you can have some great mentors but i was just looking at it thinking you know i could teach myself this and you know i could work for other people and assist yeah. and, and figure it out on my own and um you know i've just always had I've, i mean obviously by the stories i've told i've always been fairly anti 
authoritarian and you know i just i never wanted a boss i mean for me i was just like i don't want to work for anybody i'll figure this out on my own and you know some of those early days of hustle i mean that's the one thing i can attribute the most i think to the kind of drug game was uh you know i'm a hustler to this day you know like i'm as much of a salesman as i am a creative and um you know i've definitely got confidence when it comes to just calling people and knocking on doors. And, you know, I think so much of what happens, you know, I've mentored kids in the, in the past several years that are, um, interested in, in this, you know, going down this path of creativity and photography. Yeah. Right. But so much, you know, so many kids now, they just like, they have these ideas of what the end game looks like. Not, not the in between and the shitty. Yeah. They don't know how to work. You know, it's like, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of rejection and hustle. Yeah. And you mentioned it. It's funny. People knock drug dealers, but the successful ones, fuck, if those guys don't have the most <laughs> entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, you look at like Jay Z and 50 Cent, you know what I mean? And all those other guys where it's like <laughs> that cutthroat mentality is what exactly what you need to have in business, you know? Absolutely. And I did for, you know, I mean, I've, I've been better as I, as I get older, I think I've let go of a lot of, my ultra, I'm still really competitive. You don't bring you know? a baseball bat to negotiations. <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's how I got all my early clients. <laughs> um, no, I just, you know, I used to be a little more defensive about kind of my territory and like what I knew how to do and what I felt like I didn't need to show other people. And I think, you know, over the years I've softened on that side and I'm more apt on telling people what I know and how I figured it out and, and right. what the, what the best route is to do that. And I think that's good karma, For but sure. I definitely, especially in the early days, man, I was really competitive and I was, you know, going after everybody's business. Um, and I got it, you know, a lot of it. And so, but you know, it's because I hustled my ass off and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had this mentality of, you know, nobody's, nobody's going to be a, a bigger fan of your work than you. You know, it's like, especially in the early days, nobody's going to, nobody's going to sell you like you can if you're willing to do it. But, you know, so many people, I mean, I just, I get, I get a lot of resumes and stuff now. And, you know, it just seems to be a lot of this attitude of just kind of like, when do I start? <laughs> you know? And you're like, ah, oh, if it only worked that way, you know, and, um, you know, instead of just beating down doors and not, you know, I think what's happened is so many people, you know, like I'm a fan, you know, I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, but I'm a big fan of the millennial generation. You know, I'm, I'm tired of people talking shit about the millennials. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, do they have issues? Of course, but so does every generation. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but the one thing I, I will say about, you know, and this is a, overreaching generalization. But the one thing I I do feel like I see a little bit is that they take rejection pretty hard. And some of them are kind of afraid of rejection. And man, if you're going to go into the fields, like be prepared for an onslaught of rejection. Oh yeah. yeah. And, but you got to just keep your head down and learn from the rejection and, and keep trudging. I mean, that's what I did, you know, like I had you know, in the early days, man, I should not have been so proud of my portfolio. You know, especially <laughs> when I was like, when I was shooting action sports and all that stuff. Yeah. Man, I was like, 
I was sending packets of shit out to like every magazine in the country, like that I was the person to be, you know, to, to hire. And I wasn't, you know, like I was not there. (laughs) Um, but I was out there, you know, acting like, you know, faking it until you make it basically. Yeah. And I learned from all the rejection, you know I mean? I got, I got some feedback. Everyone, you know, most of the time it's just people ignore you, but you know, if you're willing to take negative feedback and, and, yeah, and be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just be honest with yourself. Most of the right. time, even if somebody says something nasty, which people did to me uh, back then, people still do, you know? And yeah. like, yeah. Uh, if you're yeah. willing to be honest with yourself, be like, well, they got a point there. Like, I could change yeah. that. And, you know, that's, those were my professors, you know? Like, yeah. because I never went that kind of art school route, I didn't have somebody you know, in the early days to be over my shoulder being like, well, you know, why'd you do this? And maybe you should do that. And I think that is the bit of school, but you know, you're going to get it no matter what, you know, even when you graduate, you're still going to, you know, you're going to editors and art directors and stuff. Yeah. People will still tell you that something needs work and you, you agree as photographers, as creatives in general, we're always learning. Uh, that's, yeah, you should be. You're never, yeah, you're yeah. never ever going to really peak and say I know everything because the technology changes. That you, yeah, you can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. That alone tells you that it's never going to be over. You know, you may have a great understanding think, of something, but if you think you made it, if you think you've peaked, if you think you're there, it just you're telling yourself you're like closed off to anything else that could push you further. Yeah, I've I've Absolutely. seen that so many yeah. times. It's, oh, I a lot of all it's the ego. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, exactly. And it's not, we all have ego. I mean, I look, I've got an ego. It's a real healthy one. Uh, (laughs) But, you know, the day that, I mean, I've always said the day that I, that I think I've got it figured out, I should just quit. You know, I Mm -hmm. should walk away from photography because, you know, I want to learn until I'm done, you know, and Mm -hmm. whenever that comes, then I should be pushing it. I constantly look at other people's work and think, man, how'd they do that? Or, mm-hmm. or even if I yeah. know how they did it, I'm still inspired by it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a fan of, of trying to push yourself creatively, you know, continuing to always learn and progress, right. like you said, with technology, but also just with your work, you know, yeah. I, I reevaluate my work constantly. I mean, I, I hate what I did two years ago and, it's still, you know, I still stand beside it. I mean, I think it's good work, but I look at stuff, you know, from not that long ago. And I think, oh my God, that, you know, it's terrible. It's funny. It's funny you mention it. So like <laughs> I used to do a lot of editorial work and you know, like the, the lead time on that, you know, from when you shoot it to when you shop it around to when it actually goes to print sometimes is so long, maybe like, you know, six months, eight months, a year, whatever, that <laughs> it was that feeling. Like when it finally came out, I'd hate it. <laughs> you yep. know, I'd be like, it oh, yeah. sucks, you know, and it waited so long to show everyone. And then it comes out and you're like, fucking ew, you know, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and it, I, that honestly kind of the whole, turned me off the whole process. You know, I was like, there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to shoot something and, and have it in my portfolio in like a month or two, you know, um, even, even, yeah. even shorter than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the, the learning process and that to me is a good segue to, you know, was when was it that you had the idea of doing a podcast? Um, you know, because obviously the same reason we do it and we interview creatives is the same thing. Like I want to draw as much 
inspiration and motivation for not only myself, but people who want to listen to the show. Um, and it's been, it's been very fulfilling for both of us that, you know, through doing this process, but you know, what about you? Um, yeah, I mean the, for that reason as well, you know, I mean, if you, for the people that haven't already shut off the podcast, cause they're like, holy shit, this guy never stops talking. Um, <laughs> you know, I like to talk, you know, I mean, I, I I'd be you doing this, me, you and me both brother. <laughs> So I'd be doing this if the, if the mics weren't on, you know, I, I like to pick apart people's brain and then hear their backstory. And so this is something I do naturally anyway. And, and once again, I think, you know, part of that, like you said, part of that area of growth and learning is, is to just be open to people's stories. You know, not only do I like to talk, I like to listen, you know, and I mean, I like to hear, I'm interested in people. And I'm interested. I think we're all in this together in the long run. And so, you know, if you're open to to really absorb somebody's story, um, you know, you can learn so much from that. And I mean, it's just been, you know, I mean, our our show, we 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 interview um creatives, but mostly photographers and directors and DPs, mm-hmm. and it's pretty right. biographical. And um, but even that, you know, just hearing hearing even the overlap with those guys, you know, there's so much overlap that you hear as far as you hear story over and over again. And and it is the hustle and it is the willingness to, to keep trying, even though people say it's no good. And, you know, I mean, that, that is the big, you know, the thing that you hear the most. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's inspiring for me. I think it makes me continue to want to work hard. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I love doing it. I like, like I said, I, I would be talking to to people anyway, and it gives me some access to people that I've, I've always been interested in talking to and who I'm a fan of their work. And, you know, they've been pretty, um, for the most part, we've, we've got some great names on it already. We've had some major Nat Geo guys. And, um, nice. yeah, I've, I've awesome. just been having a blast with it. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it, it, it you know, it's funny. I listened to one of your shows the other day and, and, um, you know, you made the comment as far as saying, you know, you kept, you kept telling yourself you wanted to do it. And then finally you just did it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing, you know, it was like, that's what we did on our podcast. That's what I've done through life. You know I mean? I just, if I, if I feel like something is not just valuable from a, a money standpoint, but I, I feel like if something's valuable and I think, you know, I should have that in my life, I should be doing that. Right. I do it. And sometimes yeah. I fail miserably, you know, like yeah. I've had I've definitely had some, some mishaps on like business decisions, you know, not everything I've done has worked. And, uh, you know, I don't know that the, it's not like the podcast is some financial success. Uh, right. It's just something I enjoy. And I think, <laughs> the more you do stuff that you enjoy and that, you, you know, the more you can stack that into your life. I'm like everything else my, will come. Exactly. I, yeah, for me, putting yourself out there. Totally. What I was going to say is I, I'm a big fan of being inspired. Mm-hmm. And so like yeah. I try to do things on the daily that are inspiring, you know, whether like I read a lot of memoirs, I watch a lot of documentaries. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I like hearing people that inspire me. And they, and, and most of the time they're in a field that I have no interest in being in, mm-hmm. but just hear the way, you know, if they have success in a certain field, and I think that's what's cool about 
you know, your show, as far as you just, you're, you're picking creative people that have had success on, you know, a lot of different fields, you know, that's inspiring. You know, you, yeah. you like I said, you hear a lot of overlap, you know, I'm a fan of, uh, I like Tim Ferriss and I think he's doing a, a cool thing with his mm-hmm. podcast, just yeah. interviewing a lot of business people where you think, man, it's the same stories over and over again. You, you start to hear a lot of like the overlap of, you know, people with good habits and, and, mm-hmm. you know, what achieves. I mean, like I yeah. said, I'm, I've, I've been a meditator for years and I think it's really important, you know, yeah, it's been a um, common thread with a lot of people as I'm sure you noticed. Totally. And it's crazy The you know, as you listen to a lot of successful business guys, you're like, wow, they're all meditators. You know, mm-hmm. imagine that. Yeah. It was uh, funny. It, we, it, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No. So we, <laughs> we mentioned, you mentioned the overlap and sometimes me and Stevie, we, we talked with magicians. I never would have fucking thought that I have anything in common with those guys. But the way right. they talked about how they uh, craft a joke, what their like process is like through uh, figuring out what works, what doesn't. I thought it was kind of like a stand-up comic. Like, do you go somewhere and do like open mic where you do kind of stuff? And it's no, it's very internal. So they're like, right. it's almost the opposite. It's like you. Some people do that, but some people, most of the time, you're working on on your own in a vacuum to then get it to a place where you're like, okay, let me put it out there. But the issue is like, then you might get that, that harsh reality where it's like, it looked great to you in a vacuum, but then you put it out and you're like, shit sucks, you know? Yeah. And then you got to kind of move off of that and pivot and, and see how you can make it better. So it was interesting talking to those guys who've written, written, yeah. I think that's right. Written or, or created jokes for, or not jokes, Christ, <laughs> tricks <laughs> for some tricks, of the yeah. biggest, for some of the biggest guys in, 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 in the world. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So no, was, I mean, like was, I said, yeah. I think you can be, you can be inspired by, by anything, you know, but mm-hmm. I, you know, so many people just look, if you go, you know, if you hate your job and you go work it every day and then you come home and you watch sitcoms and, you know, you just most likely you're never, you're going to continue to work that shitty job that you hate. So, you know I mean? Like right. you have to, yeah, like you yeah. said about your podcast, you have to be willing to put yourself out there and take risk and, you know, just take a step blindly into darkness and hoping, you know, most likely you find your way. Sometimes you don't, you get lost for a little bit, you know, and then after a while you find your way again. And, but that's just so important. I mean, I I have so many people that I know or just people that I talk to and they have big dreams, mm-hmm. you know, and they tell you all about them. And you go, hey man, that's a, that's good. You should do that. Well, yeah. I have time, you know. I don't have time, and you bullshit. Yeah, you have time, you know. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. like, tell me what your day looks like, you know. And if it's yeah. got an hour of TV or whatever, you know. And once again, I'm not. I watch shows. There's shows I like, you know. Right. But I mean, if you tell me that you don't have time to make these dreams happen, and yet I can pick apart your day and say, well, there's three, four hours right there, man. You know, yeah. or like, what time your kids go to bed? You know, yeah. like sacrifice some sleep. I mean, I did yeah, for, for sure. years. I didn't sleep for years. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't sleep sometimes because I'm willing to to do whatever it takes to. You know, I feel like I got to work that much harder than everybody. You know, it's a to be in the creative fields. It it's very competitive, yeah, and it's sure. really yeah. hard to make any money at it. Right. And so, speak, so, oh, sorry, so speaking which one to. Right. What do you, what do you think will be uh, the biggest risk you've taken thus far with your business in that, in that respect? You know, like you said, you mentioned, you know, a lot of the stuff you did early on 
uh, to get to break in. Um, but now you're in a place where I'm not going to say you're comfortable, but you're doing some great work and working with some nice clients. So I guess then you have that, that sense of complacency that no one would argue with, you know, would say you're doing well. Um, right. What do you think would be the biggest risk you've taken? Um, you know, I mean, like I said, I've had, you know, like I opened a gallery four years ago or something and that, it, you mm-hmm. know, it was financially not a smart decision. I think galleries are really hard to yeah. pull money off of. I mean, I had fun with it. I met a lot of, you know, it was a Denver based gallery. <clears throat> so I was, I found myself, you know, back and forth to Denver all the time and it just, yeah. we got some, we gutted some building. We made it really cool. I threw a ton of money down on that, you know? And so in the long run, financially was lost, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even there, I think, you know, I met a lot of really cool people. Um, I definitely, I got to know a lot of like the Denver art scene. Uh, I met a ton of artists. And um, so even, even on that, as far as like a financial failure goes, and it was a risk and I knew it was, you know, most likely, you know, I thought it, I, I could at least like, easily make it break even and kind of work. I think I could, if I was willing to like really sink the time into that endeavor, but you know, but like I said, even then for, for a financial loss, you know, if you're, if you're willing to find the positive out of it, there was plenty of positivity. You know, I just lost money off of it. So it was a risk. (laughs) That's, That's one of many examples of where, you know, I've definitely put myself out there thinking, you know, I think what happened to me is I did, you know, this whole business, it's, it's definitely a lot of hard work and a lot of hustle, but of course there's luck involved. Mm -hmm. And at a pretty early stage in my career, I definitely lucked into some big clients that started snowballing into other big clients. And it happened pretty quick when I started making the transition to architecture and hotel I suddenly was like, holy shit, it's, you know, it's happening. Um, and so I think because of that, it, it boosted my confidence to be like, ah, you know, it's like everything I touch is golden. (laughs) (laughs) And so I learned quickly that that's not true at all. And, uh, you know, the more I put myself out there and the, the more risk I was willing to take, the more I failed, honestly. But I mean, like I said, man, that's just part of it. Like if you're not willing to fail, then definitely don't go down the creative Field, oh, you know, it was it was hysterical. <laughs> At one point, I was I was so desperate for the structure of a nine to five and feeling like I was putting my education of like an MBA to use, you know, in a way. That one time I was I was interviewing for, on a desk on Wall Street, you know? and, <laughs> yeah. and and it's funny that guys I was interviewing with were all like Wolf of Wall Street dudes. You know, like one guy I walked in, he was a, a senior VP, and he literally has golf clubs at the end of the table. And just says to me, dude, the fucking job sucks. <laughs> but you know what? The money's great. And I'm only going to talk to you for 10 minutes because I'm going to go golfing. And, I was, and this was like a, a – I met with – at that point, this is probably a three-hour interview where I was meeting with all these big you know, big guys. And, and the one guy goes to me looking over a resume. And up until that point, it was all photography and, and maybe like an internship here and there. But he goes to me, uh, photography is great, but I don't really see how it fits here. And I go, how's that? And he goes, well, you know, what we deal with here is a lot of rejection. I just laughed in his face. I was like, dude, I've been a <laughs> photographer for years. Every day is rejection. 
There's yeah. no, and on top of that, you guys are, are the biggest B2B desk on Wall Street. If I get this job, if I make a phone call, if I take a meeting, that matters. I could have a stupid fucking haircut. I could I could really just be spewing bullshit. But the fact that I work for this company will get me in the door, will get me a meeting, and probably will get me clients. Right. But imagine if you're doing all of that and you have nothing behind you. It's just you. Yeah. It's that much fucking harder to make a living. So hell yeah, I know about rejection. And yeah. I think all that <laughs> stuff applies. I mean, I never got the job eventually, but. Yeah, but that look, man, that, I mean, what you just, I mean, that story alone gives me a good sense and, you know, who you are and, and what you're willing, you know, I mean, like I said, I just, it, the more conversations I have, especially over the podcast and, you know, just different people I talk to, mm-hmm. get a, a quick sense of the people that have like that kind of hustle in them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and they're, I mean, they're the ones that make it in all forms of business, you know, yeah, it's sure. like the, like you said, complacency, you know, I'm, that's probably my biggest fear, you know, like. That's that's my next question was like, what's yeah. your biggest fear creatively? And that's what a lot of people say. Yeah. It is. I mean, I think the biggest thing I'm afraid of is complacency, you know, like I, because I, when I came in, you know, to be, uh, to be in my 20s, my early 20s even, and be going for architecture was pretty, especially at the time it's changed a little bit, but at the time it was a bunch of old dudes mm-hmm. were like, like the head dogs of architecture. And, um, man, they were complacent. A lot of them were really complacent and I came in and I swept under them and I out talked them and I was <laughs> quick to adapt to digital and, you know, was always cutting edge with technology and I watched them lose their ass. A lot of them, mm-hmm. I think because I saw it firsthand and I did it, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like I'm waiting for 20 year olds to come do it to me, you know? And so right. I don't ever yeah. want to be, you know, not only do I not want to be complacent for, for business sake, because I think it's bad for business. I don't want to be complacent, you know, on a, <clears throat> on a spiritual side, because like I said, I just, I think once I, once I feel, and like you said before, like with my portfolio, and I'm not saying I'm the shit, you know, but like right. my, my, I'm confident of my work and I've got a right. big clientele and we've shot for some huge clients all over the place. And so I could easily justify being like, okay, cool. It's like, I am comfortable, you know, like, let's just ride this wave. Mm-hmm. Um, but the wave fucking ends, you know, and then yeah. <laughs> you got to paddle back out and catch another one. And so, right. I said, I'm just so, you know, that, I think that's the fear that keeps me, that like provides the drive and keeps me going because, you know, I don't want to be sitting there, you know, sitting on my hands one day Mm -hmm. when some young, you know, slick talking kid starts taking all my clients, you know, because (laughs) that's how the business works. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's always, somebody's always going to be trying harder than you. And so I'm out there just trying to be the guy trying the hardest. <laughs> yeah. No. And it's funny you mentioned it. Cause that's, I, I tell a lot of people who ask me like, what was it when I started my photography and what was it that got me to the, the bigger rates and more commercial work? And, and sadly, like you just mentioned my, I was going at the time I was making like 500 bucks shooting hot models, right? Just uh-huh. doing portfolio work. And then I transitioned to commercial headshots and and that kind of stuff. And it was, it was scary how when I got my first job in that world that paid me the most money ever up until that point in my career, that 
the reason why I did it, I got it. They told me was I was the only one who actually came in the office and met with them and sat with them and went over what their needs were and looked at the space because I was telling them either we could do environmental portraits or I can set up a backdrop. We'll figure it out. And all I did all that for me. So I didn't go in blind on the day. That was right. it. But they looked at it like I was going above and beyond. And I did all that before I got the job. So I'm, I'm taking a risk. But in essentially when you're in your 20s, what's driving half an hour for a couple grand? You know what I mean? Exactly. To, to talk to uh, someone. So Yeah, that goes that goes back to what yeah. we always talk about. The face to face is so fucking important. Mm-hmm. No like emails, phone calls, yeah, that's that's whatever, but that face you maybe wouldn't have gotten that biggest thing no, if you didn't yeah, just they, go in they, there. Like Yeah, they told me they go, I go, I gotta ask, because on the day I got it. And the woman's talking and she goes, You you beat out some stiff competition. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> I'm like, in my head, maybe you talk to two, three people and then you just pick the cheapest one, right? She right. goes, no, we were talking to probably nine or 10 other photographers. I was like, holy shit. I was like, look, I got to ask, was I, was I the cheapest? You know, like joking around, like I was probably the youngest. Right. And she goes, actually, no, you were one of the more expensive ones. And the reason why we picked you was that you came in and you were the only one of 10 who came in in person. Like you said, everyone else called or phoned it in, right? right. And when I came in and they told me they wanted for me to shoot um, a a meeting going on during the headshots. I said, that's going to cost you more money. I'm going to hire a second shooter to cover that while I'm directing all the headshots in another room. So oh, yeah. that's going to cost you more money. And they go, Oh, okay. And I told them what the amount was. And, um, and they said, the fact that you were one of the highest ones you came in and then you had the gall to ask for more money. We realized you were just very upfront and professional. And in right. my head, I'm like, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? Like in my head, I was what, at the time, probably 24 and I'm going like, seriously. And you yeah. just said it, you just have to be willing to do more work than the next guy. Get you off your ass. Yeah. <laughs> and like just, you know, I mean, like you guys, like you said, I think, uh, you know, I think relationships are so important. I mean, once again, I mean, I, I stand behind my work, but I'm, I don't think I'm the most talented architecture shooter out there or anything. I just, mm-hmm. I know how to deal with people. <clears throat> I know how to collaborate with a client. Um, you know, so many guys out there, they just think, you know, whether you're in photography or whatever creative field you go in, if it's, if you're making money at it, then usually it's a collaboration, you know? And so you gotta, you gotta be willing to change your mind sometimes. I mean, if mm-hmm. don't, don't yeah. sacrifice what you think is going to be the end result. I mean, you gotta do good work. But I hear my clients out. I'm willing to change my mind. If if they have a different idea than I do, then, you know, unless I think it's a terrible idea, then I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. I mean, they're fucking client, you know, it's not, yeah. the work's not for me. And so once again, it's something I see a lot of, you know, people that are just so set in their ways and, you know, they mm-hmm. think they know yeah. everything and you're like, well, you know, especially if you're working with like an ad agency or, you know, oh, those yeah. guys, creative too and they have ideas and they're not bad ones you know and so yeah. if you're if you're willing i mean sometimes they are but if you're willing to hear them <laughs> out, and if you're willing to you know i go through i mean i think this is a good lesson in life in general mm-hmm. i i can't stand like fundamentalism like i'm I, I just if you tell me you know the answer to everything i mean unless it's like scientific fact then sure you know but like <laughs> i don't like fundamentalist attitudes on you know, because I, I feel like if you go into a conversation or whatever and, and you're not willing to have your mind changed, then you're not being a part of the, the conversation. 
you know, yeah, it's it like screams, sure. it screams complacency too. Totally. You know? You're just, uh, well, I've already got it figured out. And so, you know, I, I just can't stand that. I, you know, the yeah. biggest, like the biggest message that I'm trying to get across to a, a lot of people, especially young people, because mm-hmm. I, like, you know, I, like I said, I, I think it's great what you're doing. And, and so many people are trying to inspire people to, to go, you know, like, don't be afraid to, to make your dreams happen, whatever they are, if it's a creative field, whatever your dream might be to be a wall street banker and then fucking go for it, you know? Right. Yeah. But I think what the biggest thing I try to like point out is that when you look, you know, like we were talking about social media earlier that we all kind of put our, our best faces on for that. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy for people to look through somebody's feed and they see a very, you know, edited version, uh, curated version of what you want them to see. And mm-hmm. we need to do that because it looks good for our clients. And so, you know, it's like you need, right. you're selling yourself. Mm-hmm. However, you know, the, the big thing that I, the point that I'm trying to get across is that even the people that you think are on top, you know, like they struggle and I'm not yeah. like, I'm not trying to say I'm on top cause I'm not, you know, but like, you know, I've had some success quote unquote success. I don't know mm-hmm. what that anymore you know because every time you it's all subjective right well every time i say like okay if i hit this point i've made it and then you hit it and you're like okay well if i hit this one it's like (laughs) enough is never enough right yeah but but even the people that you think are on top they struggle like i struggle all the time Mm -hmm. you know i mean i'm constantly like is this you know like with the podcast Mm -hmm. man I might, you know, I might be talking to space. I mean, obviously we can track the numbers and everything and (laughs) I get, I get some nice emails, but I'm just saying like, it's a constant struggle mentally to say, is this any good? Right. Uh, uh, do, is this something that people relate to? And I think especially in the creative world, that's an important dialogue. Mm -hmm. And so especially for young people coming up in the creative world, that dialogue's okay. You know, like, I think it scares a lot of people off because they, you know, if they're making something, whether it's art or whatever, you know, that voice comes out. Is this good? You know, is this stupid? Am I doing the right thing by going down this path? And I'm just screaming from somebody that's been doing it forever. That shit never goes away. You know, like that oh, voice dude, never nope. goes away. And we talked to, uh, yeah. okay. learn from that voice, you know? Yeah. We you know you're to, uh, creative then. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. And that's exactly it. You know, we talked to Chase Jarvis, who, who for all intents and purposes, we all know his name, right? He's been doing some amazing sure. things. And mm-hmm. I asked that? him that question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I asked him that question. And he literally said, I go, when's the last time you had that that feeling? And he goes, 2.30 last night. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he, he goes, uh, I talk, he talked to someone and they about the similar thing. And the guy goes, fear never goes away. It's always there. The only difference is you pointed at different shit. You know, in the beginning, it's, am I going to make this work? Can I make a career out of it? Am I going to, and then, then you get a little bit of success. Am I going to sustain it? Am I going to build on it? Then you have something that might be pretty fucking big. Maybe your company goes public. Maybe you got this huge valuation. Then you go, don't fuck it up. Don't lose it. You know, like it, it never goes away ever. Absolutely. You know, and and people don't realize that. Totally. And that's why, you know, one thing I definitely want to get out there, you know, before it's over or anything is I think, you know, not to proselytize meditation or anything, but I think, you know, 
what a mindfulness meditation practice or any, any type of, for me, like definitely just mindfulness practices, you know, what they offer is if you spend a little time every day sitting in silence and watching your breath and watching your thought patterns, you know, it, it, it helps you. It's, it, it's a really hard practice. I mean, that's what's called practice, you know, like it, it's always hard. I've been doing yeah. it and I still, you know, have a shit storm of activity sometimes in my brain when I'm trying to not. But I think the biggest thing that it does is it helps you become detached a little bit and you become more of a viewer, you know, of the thought process. Yeah. And for creatives, I think it's just such an amazing practice because you start to be able to see the fear and the anxiety and stuff a little bit more as an outsider instead of getting, getting so caught up in it. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's been, for me, it's been so helpful to, you know, not only business, but I think photography too. I mean, I, I think, you know, mindfulness and photography, I, I don't think enough people practice it because if you're not, you know, if you're not in the present moment when you're shooting, then yeah, that's good. You know, it's a very, <laughs> right. it's a very constant thing. I, I think, I don't know, at least 60, 70% of the last few podcasts, people started talking about meditation mm. and how important it's been to them. Oh, I mean, like I said, it, you know, I mean, I credit, there were a lot of changes, including a lot of the early days with psychedelics and stuff. I think those were yeah. windows into, you know, what meditation is that, you know, that moment of kind of, you know, the moment that you strive for of, truly being in the present moment and, and I guess, you know, you can call it nothingness or, you know, whatever you want to call, but, you know, like I said that, you know, that's the higher kind of echelon of what people are chasing, you know, Mm -hmm. but I think if you did nothing else, but just pay attention to your thought patterns, you know, like anytime, you know, that's what most people like that are scared of meditation. They're like, well, I sit and I just, you know, I think about everything and the grocery list and everything running through my head. And you're like, cool. Yeah. Just sit there and watch that. You know, like, mm-hmm. cause if you do that every day, like I said, you start, you start becoming a little more, you know, a viewer of your thought patterns. And, you know, I think what's wrong with so much of this country and so much, so many people is that everybody walks around just like totally lost in their head, you know, and they're not, yeah. they're really <laughs> not truly present. You know, you right. sometimes you have conversations with somebody and you're like, wow, you're not, you're not even here, you know, it's yeah. like they're <laughs> looking for a place to interrupt, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so I just think, you know, if the more people can practice, you know, being present and getting out of their heads. And, and like you said, I mean, for, for this creative industry, you know, you've got to be able to, to deal with fear and anxiety and questioning mm-hmm. what you're doing and whether you're good or not. And I think, the more you can kind of detach from being in that stream of, you know, constant, you know, thought patterns that, you know, the, the better you can succeed in it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Rick, I mean, you, you, you said it, there's a lot of times when people, I mean, I even catch myself doing it where I worry about shit that really gets me in a, in a, in a really weird place, dark place. And then I just sit back for a second. I just kind of ask myself, is this really that, that big of a deal, you know, and, and it's in the end, it's not, you know, and, and you have to remind yourself and be thankful for what you do have and, and take a moment to 
like you said, kind of step back and and really had to take a hard look at at what's going on, at what you got going on, because yeah, you can you can get lost in the day to day, and it, it yeah. happens and, a lot. And not you know, and not be so, you know, like I said, just be present. That's mm-hmm. not to say I'm not saying don't make plans. You know, right. like you should plan for the future and, right. and have a savings account and all that shit. But like, but don't be attached to the plans. Mm-hmm. You know, because they they're gonna change. You know, like yeah, whether whether you wanted to or not. I mean, that's how this whole thing started. I lost my job. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> this thing that I thought was pretty cool and awarded me a nice salary, and and I I, I worked from home, so I, my my real routine didn't change much from photography full time, yeah. and then. And then I lost it. So it was like, yeah, it was one of those things where it's like, even if you quote unquote think it's more stable than and a photography job or, or anything like that, it's it's all the same. You know, when yep. you when you really think about it, it's all the same. And and like you mentioned, I think a lot of times as artists, what we get stuck into is that we have to constantly be getting better. So sometimes oh. when we worry that we're just doing a shitty job, that yeah, it it. it it drives us crazy. But I think the biggest thing, like you mentioned that you can cope with or, or come to terms with is that not everything's going to be great. Right. You know, and that's, that's okay. You know, that, that it's not all going to be on the up and up constantly ratcheting upward. You're going to have missteps. You're going to, you're going to take one step forward and three steps back. And, and as long as you learn from it, yeah, it'll, it'll get better. But I think a lot of times I've done it. I haven't, if I haven't shot in like a year sometimes through, in periods of my life, I start feeling like, wow, like what's going on? And then I'll get back into it and I'll just be paralyzed with fear that right. I have to make this big comeback or that I have to, yeah. you know, whatever. And it's like, that's not the case at all. No, you just got to keep, you know, you just keep plugging away. I mean, mm-hmm. there's always peaks and valleys to it. And mm-hmm. I think you trust the process. Now, I'm not telling everybody that you're going to succeed financially, you know, but I, no. I think if we saw, <laughs> You know, if there's something that you're really passionate about doing, then do it, you yeah. know, because the, the passion yeah. will be way further than than so many other things, you right. know. You, right. You've got to build that skin up, like, to know in those, you know, the hills and valleys. When you're down there, you, you've got to learn to, you know, realize that that's not the end. It's like, oh, shit, that just happened. Now what do I do? And you have to be like, oh. Okay. Yeah. What do I? I just get back up. That's what I do. (laughs) Just go to the next one. Right. If you really really want it. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing. That's where I question so many people. You're like, well, yeah. I don't really. It really filters out the people that really want it and the ones that just say they do. Right. Like you said, who want the end goal, but none of the uh, none of the bad shit in between. Yeah. Yeah, I want. I want to see the view from that peak, but I don't want to climb the mountain. Pretty much. Totally. And look, we, you know, I mean, no offense, people, but like, we need work. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm like, somebody's got to serve yeah. me food when I, I was going to say, we need accountants. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> we can't all be, uh, you know, uh, we can't all be living the dream. Yeah. I mean, we can. It's just people don't want it, you know? Yeah, so. for sure. I mean, you said it. It's, it's, uh, when you were describing that same thing, I mean, I, I've done it. I'm not going to lie. You know, there's days I'm, I'm binge watching Netflix and I'm sitting there and then I, I take a second. I go, Oh, what the fuck am I doing? Okay. Let me, let me just, you know, pull out the laptop <laughs> and get some work done. But for right. some people, you know, like I, I, I talk to friends sometimes from back home in New York and, and it, it, it scared me that when I decided to move from New York to Philly, they thought I was moving to fucking China. And I'm like, <laughs> you realize I'm moving an hour and a half away. 
Like yeah. you can come visit. Yep. None. I collectively, I lived there for five years. On one hand, I can count how many friends, three, and how many times they visited twice each in five years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same, sure. same thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's like, and you sit there and go, guys, like you can leave the state. But yeah. To them, their their whole world is is, and I think a lot of it was like I moved a lot growing up. Sure. So to me, the the idea of someone who was born and raised in the same house freaks me out. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you've, you've never left the state, let alone the country, let alone whatever. And it's like, but again, you don't, I'm not judging them. It's just different strokes for different folks. Like it's just, to me, it's just not me, you know? And, and, uh, and like you said, for a lot of people, they're fine with that. So we can't judge them. Yeah. It's like you go to a job, you have an hour commute home and then you, you watch TV and and then put your kids to sleep and then you watch more TV and you go to bed. Yeah, or you sign it. Look, man, if you you know if you get pleasure and joy out of going online and playing Call of Duty or something on Xbox, then <laughs> then do that. You know, I'm just. But what I'm saying is like, don't do that, and then turn to me and tell me if only you had more time, you could make all this shit happen. Right, right. <laughs> well, you do. You do have time. You yeah. know, it's just. And so that you know, I think people are just so scared of like taking that first step, and yeah. you know, once again, it's. You know, we keep going back to the, the word complacency and, that you know, that's what it becomes. People, you know, we're creatures of habit. And right. so it, I think a lot of times it's just about developing good habits. And yeah. so, you know, if your habit becomes go to work, you come home, maybe you hang out with your kids a little bit, you have dinner and then you play Xbox. You know, I, like I said, I don't have any problem with it. I mean, I, I enjoy that sometimes too, but mm-hmm. uh, but you can't expect those habits to develop. And, you know, if you have bigger. Right. Yeah, if you have yeah. other goals. Now, if you right. don't have other goals and and you love your life just like that, then do that. You know, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's all I'm suggesting is like, but if you're not happy, if you're not happy with your job and your surroundings and everything that's going on, then then take the steps. You right. know, like take you yeah. got and it's it's got to start with you. So yeah. you know that's it, what it goes back to get off your ass. Yeah, do, yeah. do something about it. Yeah, like a bunch of my friends, like after I moved, they're like, "Oh, I hate it up here so much." They've been saying that for like five years. I'm like, "Yeah, move, move." move. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and and it, the funny thing is, you tell them, yeah, and then you tell them like if they're from there and you have family there, I tell them all the time. I moved the first time I moved to Philly, I couldn't find a job for two years. And yeah, we're, and, and 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 shooting was slow, and. I took a job at my old studio and moved back and subletted my apartment. And I was a little gutted, but at the same time, I'm still alive. You yeah. Know, like I still had, a, 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 I could, like I told them, if if you go out to whatever, LA, right? A lot of our, a lot of our photographer friends, I'm going to go to LA. All right. So fuck it, do it. <laughs> if, if six months, a year goes by and it doesn't work out, come back. Yeah. What, what'd you lose? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and, and for a lot of people, just like, like you said, just taking that first step, it's paralyzing to the point where they'll never fucking do it, but they'll talk about it a whole lot. And, and I, yeah. yeah, it's scary. I mean, look, we're, you know, especially once you have kids and stuff. I mean, I think the earlier you can do it, the better. Cause right. once you start building a family and everything, it gets even yeah. scary. I mean, I've got friends that have kids and, and then I get it a little more. You're like, look, right. man, you need to take care of these kids. Those, they should be your first priority. But even then, you know, most of the time you're like, but you know, shave off three hours in the night to like, right make this thing, you know, you can, it's never too late to start. I mean, you, no, can, for sure. you can get it moving. Don't quit your day job just yet, you know, but like right. put it in motion, you mm-hmm. know, put it out there and put it in motion, but especially if you're young, you know, 
like I said, I, I don't want anybody to to hear me saying it's going to be easy to go make money at this because mm-hmm. yeah. you there's a real good chance you won't. You know, right. like right. yeah. Um, but you know, when you're young and you and your responsibilities aren't aren't you know stacking up quite yet, like that is the best time to just just go try. I mean, you're gonna figure it out. You're gonna figure out if you got the stamina and you know the 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 guts to to stick it out in the long run right for sure yeah so going deep all right so we're gonna go we're gonna go deep <laughs> for the last couple uh name your most meaningful moment in your career thus far um uh you know probably like i said when when my wife got pregnant i, I felt like i had a really limited window of of making shit happen right and, um you know, I think one of the most meaningful things was that when she gave birth to my son, who was my first child, um, I was like, you know what? I, I don't think you need to go back to work. You know, like she always wanted to be a stay at home. She homeschools our kids now. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, she always wanted to be a stay at home mom. She's like a super mom. And so I think the, probably the most meaningful thing was that I found enough success to be like, yeah, don't, don't, don't go back right. to work think we can make this work you know yeah figure it out and so probably that man that was a big that was a big step for me and a big confidence booster for me that i was able to say that and and once again man that didn't that didn't mean it was going to happen right but i think by putting it out there kind of in the ether Mm -hmm. i was setting myself up to like go even harder you know because i heard that thing i wanted to do was you know six months later be like, never mind. I see you should <laughs> job, you know? <laughs> I mean, you said it. I mean, there's, there's a, I, I used to watch like shark tank, you know, I haven't in the, you know, in like a while, but I think with one of the coolest things was, um, one of the guys, uh, Damon, I forget his last name, but, uh, the guy who made like the FUBU uh-huh. clothing collection in the nineties, uh, yep. um, that he came out with this book and just a name immediately. When I saw the name, I understood what the whole book was about. It's called the power of broke. Yeah. And you just said it. How creative and uh, how motivating just literally feeling like you're up against a wall and you have no other no other option. How how much that makes you be scrappy and and be creative with not only how you make money, but how you spend your money and how you you know, like you said, I mean, from a lot of America, having two parents work is normal because you need to. So yeah. fuck yeah. If you're telling me that when you were about to have a kid, you said, I want to make enough money that you don't have to go to back to work. That's a badge of fucking honor, man. Yeah. You yeah. know, because <laughs> it's, it's not, that's something that a lot of people just unfortunately, and especially in the creative sector, can't find. Right. You know, yeah. You might have some career success in the, in the corporate world, but you know, then, then, then also it's, it's, it's a much different spectrum. Sure. Yeah, sure. So what do you think would be, and this is funny. The one of the words I'm going to say that a lot of people uh, have had a, a problem with in the past. So we'll see what your answer is. What would be your biggest regret in your career? Um. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I understand <laughs> that, that being the tricky word, regret, because I feel like we're all so quick to say, oh, "I don't have any regrets." Right. Yet. Right. Right. Um. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm still, you know, I'm still working. I mean, I've got regrets, you know, yeah. for sure. But, you know, I, I think, 
you know, like I said earlier, and this is me probably dodging the question, I, you know, I think all regrets are just, they're just learning opportunities. Mm -hmm. And so if you're open enough to them to say, okay, that didn't work, but how could I do things differently to, to either make that work or, you know, is there a different path I can take that, that I feel like, you know, accomplishes a similar goal? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, man, I, I mean, I, it seems like a cop out to say that I really don't have, <laughs> no, it's, you know, I mean, I think some of, some of my regrets, regrets are probably more kind of earlier in my life. And it's even personal, then, it, right? yeah, and it more personal totally. Yeah. And, and even then it's more just, you know, I don't, you know, I wish I would have traveled a little more before I had kids, you know, I've traveled a lot, but I mean, there's places I want to go that once you have kids, you know, it becomes harder and once yeah. you and I'm, you know, comfortable in life and you, you start liking things like comfortable beds and shit. It <laughs> starts becoming harder to backpack around Indonesia or something, you know? Right. So, you know, I've got some of those regrets like that, but you know, in a business sense, I mean, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about it so far. I think the word regret itself just kind of has different meaning depending where you are with your right. career. You know, I think that's part of the reason it's so hard to answer directly yeah. like that. Uh -huh. But yeah, because yeah. you said it. I mean, if you if you look at it like uh, I'm butchering it horribly, but this quote by like Ben Franklin, where he says like I didn't fail a thousand times, I just found a thousand ways it didn't work, and I For was sure. and I was closer to yeah. finding out you know how it worked by that. You know, Absolutely. so yeah, I mean, to me, that's you know when I say to people like the last few times I said it to to uh, guests, that's the first thing they say. They go, "Dude, that R words fucking a bad word, man. It's a four-letter word. I don't use that word. I just you know yeah. and." and I laugh, but in, in reality, I also agree in the sense that, yeah. like you said, it's all about your mindset. If you look back on your life and say, fuck, this sucks. I wish I did this. I wish I did that. You, and you're being that negative about everything. Dude, you're yeah. never going to grow. Yeah. you know That's the thing. Your mindset is totally different from where it was back then opposed to where you are now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it all contributes to part of it, you know, part of where you've come from, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, real quick, we're going to do the rapid fire in the last three. Okay. Um, Rick, time for another deep one. If you couldn't share your work with anyone, would you still create stuff? For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did it. I did it for free for years. And, you know, it'd be a lot harder to, but I mean, I'm dumb. Look, man, I, like I said, the, the podcast isn't some moneymaker. And um, I do shit for free all the time still. You know, I mean, people got to get over that hurdle too. I mean, I went through it for a little bit where, I was almost quick to refuse. You know, once you start making money, you're like, I don't work for free. You know, I get right. paid. Mm. Uh, but, <laughs> you, you know, man, if you want to keep pushing the envelope, sometimes you got to step outside of your comfort zone and, and you got to show somebody something for free. You know, even established people, man, we we like, we all do it. Yeah. yeah. In one way or another. It's totally. just when you when you get more established, it's called pro bono work for charities. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so where can people check out your stuff and learn more about what you do? Um, well, uh, stovallstudio.com, uh, S T O V as in Victor, A L L studio.com. That's the architecture work. Um, and then visual revolutionary.com. That's, uh, that's the podcast and, mm -hmm. and just some personal work. We've been doing yeah. some documentary stuff. Uh, I've got a, a business partner on that side who's, just a, a super talented DP and, and nice. photographer and sound guy and everything. And so, 
you know, awesome. we've been playing around once again with some free stuff on that side and, uh, you know, having fun with it. Nice. Nice. All right. Awesome. So last but not least, who's someone you would like to hear us talk to on the show? Um, yeah, uh, my business partner, Kevin Banker, he's a pretty cool dude. You know, like I said, he's really talented. Uh, I like him. And then we, uh, you know, I really enjoy talking to uh, Corey Richards. He was on our podcast, and um, he's an inspiring guy, man. He's really cool. National Geographic yeah. photographer. He was National Geographic yeah. of the Year in 2012, and, and really, like incredible. Cool yeah, really incredible work. And just you know, he's he's an inspiring guy. It's an, like yeah, he's got some cool ideals, basically. So, yeah. yeah, right. Nice. All right. Well, listen, Rick, we, uh, we've had a great time talking with you. I, I hope oh, you awesome, enjoyed man. it. And, oh, uh, yeah, man. It's been fun. It's been great. Yeah, and look look forward to uh, turning the tables in a, in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Cool, awesome, man. man. Thanks, guys. All right, Rick. All right. Thank you. Talk soon. See ya. So, guys, if you're curious about using borrow lenses, you'll be happy to know all of their gear is tested, calibrated, reset, and cleaned after every order. They accept major credit card and most debit cards, and the majority of orders they process do not require a deposit. They love it when their gear gets to travel worldwide, but you have to promise to share some photos when you get back. Remember to visit borrowlenses.com and enter AM10 to redeem your exclusive 10% Angry Millennial discount.